And welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jets fan in the state of Texas, my colleague and co-host, none other than Michael Lagaris, everyone. What's up, everybody? What's up, Keith? Just me and you this week, Mike. The OG's here. Sammy's out at the Yankee game doing business. Wookie destroyed his back. That's what happens when you put those reps in as a top-level tight end like the Wookie. It catches up with you, Mike. He catches up with you, right? Wookie's on the couch right now, laid up. So just me and you, we're going to go through some of these undrafted free agents this week, Mike. Some free agents the Jets have been talking to. Because we do have a few holes left on the squad here. Maybe some news and notes here for the Jets. And also address Brady Quinn putting the Jets on blast, putting Zach Wilson on blast. We'll get to that in a moment. What I want to get to first, Mike, is did you see our boy, Game 7 versus the Penguins, Zach Wilson, in the crowd, feeling it? With his teammates, did you see that? Him and Braxton Barrios cheering, going berserk during Game 7, Mike? Yeah, that was great. I mean, he's 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 eating it up. He's understanding what the energy is like in New York City. He's already been here for over a year, but that Game 7 was tremendous. I mean, awesome. the drama. The I mean, and the Rangers just have that will to fight. Um, I Unfortunately, Game 1 went the way it went, but having Zach Wilson, having that... You know the New York contingent, the, the 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 crowd just wiling out. Just that that that's why we love being New Yorkers. That's why we love New York sports. It, you're not going to really get that really in many places. And I hope Zach internalized that. He was also at the Met game, by the way. Yes, with the same type of excitement, wildness, bro. Had the, hyped up. Yeah, man. And he's smart. The, See, he knows he's not going to the Yankee game because that's not where the Jet fans are. The Jet fans are at the Met game, okay? Norm, 80% of Met fans and Jet fans, we're connected. We're interconnected. It's a psychology. It's a fan psychology, Michael, as we know. So, Zach went to the Ranger game, had a blast, posted videos on social media. I'm happy to see him get that taste of New York at the highest level. The highest level of success where the stadium sold out during a playoff game. You get to feel what it's like. We always talk all the smack about MSG because we're from New York and we know what it's like to go to that stadium when it's rocking for the Knicks and the Rangers. There's nothing like it. I know the Rangers lost game one versus Carolina, but did you hear that arena for three periods? It was like a mausoleum. Wild. And the game was close. I'm like, what? it was only one nothing. Like, I'm on it. Different fans go about things differently. They're super chill in the South. When I went to the game, when, the, when they played the Panthers, the fans were super polite, super chill, not very loud. No, you know, my, my kids were like, Poppy, what are you watching? Because I don't really watch hockey, to be honest with you. Only if yeah. the Rangers are good. And then you started texting me like, oh, son, they just won game two. I was like... Oh boy! And then so I'm watching the game. My wife's like, "You're watching hockey?" And the dude scored a goal, and I was like, "Oh!" My kids are like, "Oh!" <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. And then it's like, it. it's like, it's intense, man. Hockey. If anybody, you know, a lot of people, everyone who ABG fans, if you if you really sit down and you get into hockey playoffs, 
I'm telling you, there's no other. There's not Nothing many like sports it. that are like it. It's 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 intense. It's a different level. It's a, just a different level of intensity as you watch the game. You could be a casual fan, you even get caught up in it, like a lot of people are doing nowadays, Michael. So kudos to the Rangers for winning that series versus the Penguins. Good luck in this next series here versus the Hurricanes. Zach, we love you going to the Met game. We love you going to MSG. Um, I do also love the fact that we're getting reports that our boy put on some muscle in the off season. Michael, you were you've been going about this and analyzing Zach offseason a lot in a positive way saying look at this kid doing the things you want your quarterback to be doing to get better i mean a lot of these things are obvious of course you want your quarterback to go around and work with his wide receivers but he's traveling all around the country to find these guys to make sure he's working out with them okay he broke up with his girlfriend mike he put the mass on he's coming in at 225 possibly this year um these are all positive things i'm really stoked about and a few things with the schedule mike um, that we didn't get to last week uh, i know the jets it said have eight fewer days rest than other teams in the NFL. They also have to travel 7,500 miles this year for their games in total, which is the second most in the entire league. Um, they do have one of the easiest final four games there, but I know this week we did hear some other commentators, talking heads, Brady Quinn being one of them, get into the Jets' schedule, get into how they thought the season would go. He did not have a glowing endorsement of the squad or how he thought the season would go for the Jets or for Zach Wilson, for that say. He said, the season will be over before our bye week. We're going 0-4 versus the AFC North, right guys? We're gonna be going back to the drawing board at quarterback after this season. That's what he said. 1-8 or 0-9 through the first nine. And apparently he's not a big fan of Zach Wilson. Mike, did you, now Brady, Win, Brady Quinn's entitled to his opinion, former NFL quarterback, former ND um, quarterback. I rooted for him big time when he was there. Were you surprised by his statements though, going that in on the Jets and Zach Wilson, Mike? Um. So I respect Brady Quinn as an analyst, right? Look, how many of us were drafted in the first round of an NFL draft? How many of us played quarterback, right? So when he speaks, I'm not going to just be like, what an idiot. The man is a, is a, is, is an expert in, uh, in what he does right now. Um, I'll even, I would even take his analysis and say, you know what? I, I agree that you can have that take about them starting one and eight or whatever it is and you know us struggling and everything like that but i guess where i would the part that i would uh tend to disagree with his take is that we would be looking for a quarterback in 2023 the new york jets have invested a lot in zach wilson the new york jets have never drafted a quarterback and put as much infrastructure around that quarterback than the way they have for zach wilson and Zach Wilson would have to be so bad that they would not look at year three. I don't even see, even if he struggles, you know, um, with the interceptions and everything like that, as long as he shows some sort of progress, they're not going to be drafting another quarterback. Yeah. They, they just put too much in here with Zach Wilson. So Brady's analysis in that re respect, I think he was... I don't know what the motives of why he said that, but sure. I just think that was a really bad take. The chances of them doing that are very, very slim. Yeah, and Mike, when we went through the first nine games, I think we had the squad at like three and six or something like that. So we're not, I'm not saying we're that far off from Brady Quinn. I do think the Jets have taken a step this year. And I do think there's plenty of games in those first 12 they can win. I don't think they're just going to get wiped off the face of the earth. And I don't think Zach, unless like what you just said occurs, he takes a step backwards somehow. 
from last year. I'm not saying he was great last year. He wasn't. We know he finished the season off strong, but he'd have to regress and just turn into an absolute, you know, just a Peterman-level quarterback for him to not be back next year, I think, because you did see that positive growth at the end of last season. And I do want to say this. When it comes to commentating on what a scrub quarterback might look like, Brady Quinn's an expert at that, Mike. I mean, if you are, if you were a former scrub quarterback, then I feel like maybe you can comment on a rookie's scrub season with some authenticity, with an air of expertise, Brady Quinn. You were a scrub. So you can see scrubs and identify them much faster than the rest of us. I get that. Even though Zach Wilson had a higher QB rating last year than you had in your entire career. Already has three, th- he already has three wins and Brady had four his whole entire career. So Yeah, I mean, um, he was one and two, two and seven, and one and seven his three years there in Cleveland. You got replaced by Derek Anderson. QB rating in your career was a, let's see what it is here, guys. Hold on. QB rating in his career was a 64. Zach was a 69. His entire career, those four seasons, threw 12 touchdowns. Zach threw nine last year. His entire career through those four years, he ran for 185 yards. That's what Zach ran for last year. Um, It kind of sounds like a bitter former scrub quarterback trying to take someone's legs out from them that only doesn't have that much experience yet. But whatever, you're entitled to your opinion, um, Brady Quinn, as much as anyone, like I said, especially when you played as bad as you have played in your NFL career, um, you are an expert on scrub quarterbacks. But like the end of last year, we say it, and we don't get into the numbers too much. Everyone knows his last six games last year, Mike, that Zach didn't throw a pick. And Jets fans on our chat, friends of ours, me and Mike have to tell them, bro, chill out. The end of last year, he looked good. We're not saying he looked great. We're just saying he improved, right? We know through the first six games last year, Zach was not that great, okay? Through the first six games last year, five TDs, I think he had nine interceptions or something like that, okay? No, excuse me, four TDs, he had nine interceptions. The last seven games he started when he came back versus Houston, okay? The rest of the season, he ran for four TDs. He threw for five, only two picks. QB rating was above an 80 when it was up in the in the 50s range. So you can't say he didn't improve. He beat Jacksonville, he beat Houston, not great teams. But Zach did improve last year at the end of the year. And I think um, that game we saw versus Tampa Bay, Mike, was one of his best games of the season. And that was a team that needed that win. One of the uh, Super Bowl contenders last year. And he played pretty good. He had a hit QB rating in that game almost of a 90, Zach. Um, 19 for 33 in that game. And then the other good game he played in the season was versus the Titans. One of the better games, I should say, he played in the season was versus the Titans. Another really good team in the NFL. Um, That was his highest QB rating of the season. So Zach showed us flashes last year. I don't know. I didn't see Zach play to a level where... It didn't look like Sanchez's first year to me, even though statistically I'm not saying they're that far off. I just was demoralized with Sanchez. Mike, you know this year one, you're talking like this guy's not good. I had, the problem with Zach is the short passes. You could figure that out. Somehow he threw the intermediate passes pretty decent. And then between one and 10 yards, he was bad. So these are things you can correct. And like Mike said, with what they've surrounded him with, offensive line we've gone over it now for two months guys ever since the draft and free agency i think he has every chance to see this year mike and be a lot better than he was last year and definitely be back for season three i, I, yeah. don't, I don't that's aggressive that's aggressive <laughs> he's not gonna they're going back to the drawing board i mean that surprised me a little bit but like we said everyone's out their opinion brady quinn um if zach's a giant scrub this year and they go back to a new quarterback next year then hats off to you but i just don't see that happening mike we had a debate with some of our buddies today we were getting into various different quarterbacks um trey lance i know has had a lot of negative publicity here in the media the past couple weeks no i shouldn't say negative publicity but just negative reports coming out he's not ready this is why they still have jimmy g Justin Fields, some things like that have come out too. And I know you were saying, dude, you haven't even seen... We saw a small sample size of Lance, only two games. 
And then I think we only saw, what, six or seven games from your boy Justin Fields. So it's tough to just come into this season and be giving any prediction about them or how they're going to perform because of the sample size, right, Mike? Doesn't it seem like people, just because of the time we're in, Mike, it's it's April, excuse me, it's May, not a lot going on. This is the time of year when speculation is at its highest. Yeah, I mean, Lance, did he do anything special last year for us to say, wow, we should be looking at him as one of the big jump leapers of the year two? No, we didn't get enough data, so... Uh, this narrative around that he is, you know, we're worried about his arm strength. We're worried about how, how he's digesting the playbook. We, we haven't even seen him in OTAs yet. So it's like, I don't understand why these narratives are just flying all around. You know, Justin Fields, I understand they didn't really build around him. So there is some worry yeah. there, but you know, let's see, let's, let's get these kids out there and let's see what they got. You know, Lawrence had some, uh, infrastructure kind of put around him. I'm, I'm not really in agreement with the way they went about putting that around and him. And look but... who we had coaching him last year, bro. Look at that disaster they brought that kid into last season. At least Zach with Robert Salah, we had some structure, a solid coach. The season went the way it went, but he never wavered Robert Salah. I mean, you, when you're talking about um, Urban Meyer, that was the highest level of disaster I can remember in the past 40 years in the NFL for a guy in and out that fast, so incompetent, not knowing what he's doing. I think you're right. I think Lawrence is going to take a step. They surrounded him. I think he's going to be better. I think all these guys have a chance to be better. And Lance is a complete question mark. I mean, they, must, they saw him practice all year. They saw him play for a couple games. There has to be a reason, right? They have Jimmy G still. That's all truth to me. But we'll see how it shakes out but, with the season. We got to go ahead of ourselves. But I, what I wanted to say is this. If you look at J.D., J.D. drafts a lot on skill set, on tools, that the tools can be used in a in a good way in the NFL. Look at our our boy Jonathan Marshall, seventh round pick, defensive tackle. Dude had metrics that were all over all over the charts, right? And I definitely see him, and we're going to be getting into the roster here in a second, but I definitely see him taking the next step and replacing a guy like Folipat Takasi, who was a six-round pick out of the UConn, by the way, so it wasn't that far off. But you get a guy who has tools, and then you your coaches work with those tools, then that player has a potential of being able to go to the next. If you can just jump 10 feet and the other person could jump seven feet, the other person, yeah, he may have more, you know, understanding of how to jump seven feet. But if you can jump 10 feet, we just got to teach you how we jump here. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So Zach has the tools. He has that crazy arm that you just flicks the ball. It goes 50 yards, right? But he played at a level lower than most of these different quarterbacks just like trey lance so the jump from where he played to the nfl is a much Bigger. larger yeah, jump sure, sure. than a lot of other so when you look at a guy like josh allen for instance who played at wyoming he was trash clips first year right Horrible. worked his ass off okay had the tools had more better tools than any of the other quarterbacks and look what happened had good yeah. coaching okay i don't like to admit it but he got it Zach, look at Jared Goff, same thing, right? We played at um, Air, uh, I forgot what school, uh, Cal, I think it is, and air raid offense, not a lot of, you know, super competition where he was playing at, and first year was trash clips, second year, made a leap. I know Jared Goff isn't a great quarterback, I'm just using him as, as an example. Zach, Trey, Lance, get the reps, get the infrastructure, who knows, because yep. they have those tools. So, I'm expecting 
much better play from young Zachary. I'm excited to see him. He's got running back help. He's got receiving help. I can't believe how high Garrett Wilson is ranked in Dynasty. Guys, he's the number three Dynasty player, according to Michael Clay. And, and Matthew Berry was hating, saying, wow, how could you have two Jets at the top of your Dynasty rookie draft class? And he's like, look, look at what the Jets are doing, okay? Barry's such a hater. But he I'm, I'm excited. Oh, he's he is a hater. It does seem like he has uh, something against the Jets there, which is fine. I mean, Matthew Barry is what he is. He's another person who's an expert just because he's the first person in a field. Not really because he's an expert or knows anything he's talking about, guys. Remember that, what I said, because that happens very often in sports. Into the rookies on our squad here real quick before we start talking about some of these unsigned free agents uh, draft picks and also some of these free agents that are out there for the squad to grab. The Jets went ahead and signed Sauce Gardner. They brought him in four years, $38.7 million. $38 million, $25 million guaranteed. Jermaine Johnson also got signed, Mike. $13 million deal, fully guaranteed for him. Garrett Wilson, $20 million, $13 guaranteed for him. Um, $6 million roster bonus. So we got our top three first-rounders in. Now they're going to sign Brees Hall, work their way down the roster there. But we do still have some holes here on the squadron. As we know, they tra- they do. lost Fatukasi in free agency. Okay, we know he went down there to Jacksonville. And even though our run defense was atrocious last year, I think it was. I mean, it ranked right at the bottom of the league, Mike. We couldn't stop. We couldn't stop anybody from running the ball on us. Um, Fatukasi was our best run stuffer. So you look at it one of two ways, Mike. You look at it. Well, even with him last year on the squad and Quinnen, we couldn't stop the run. Right. Even when yep. he was there, we couldn't do it. Or you look at it. Man, would we have been even worse against the run if he wasn't there? Could have gone one of those two ways, Mike. Either way, we know we have a big hole here at defensive tackle to fill. I know they drafted Jonathan Marshall last year. They have Rankins in here. Um, they brought in Solomon Thomas, former number three overall pick. They brought Nathan Shepard in. So they have depth in so far as almost like second string level dudes. I mean, Rankins is decent enough, don't get me wrong, but they don't have a real, to me, starting level tackle to go next to our boy Quentin Williams. I, I think Sheldon Rankin technically would be that, don't get me wrong, guys. But they really have a big hole to fill there. I know, and there's some big, there is some defensive linemen out there still. Akeem Hicks from the Bears has not been signed. Sheldon Richardson, former New York Jet Michael, has not been signed. And we've had a guy in here the last couple days in here in New York that we've been talking to that has a, has had a wild offseason. Oh my Might goodness. end up as a New York Jet, Mike. Oh my, Ogun Joby. Did you hear what happened to this poor this kid? This is nuts, yeah. Had a contract, forty. What was it? Forty point five million dollar deal, three year deal with the Chicago Bears, that just fell apart because he failed his physical. Okay, in March, and he's a six year defensive tackle. This guy is a run stopper. He's a Pro Bowl level run stopper. Okay, I think he had seven sacks last year. This is a DT. You know, nose tackle cat. Yep. yep. Seven sacks. <laughs> Run. Up. I think he would fit perfectly. He's been talking to the Jets. I feel so bad for what happened to him. But Robert Sala and and JD are talking with his representatives, and this could be a person who steps right in. Now, if he doesn't, like I just said, I would like everybody to hear. I'm really high on Jonathan Marshall. I know a lot of people say, "Hey, he's probably going to be practice squad. He may not even make the team." I loved his metrics, and I think that he could be a rotational piece if we don't sign a guy like Ogun Joby. What do you think about him? Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Marshall, I think the jury's still out on. I think if we would have been able to see him crack that roster at the end of last season and see what he really had, Mike, with, with Fatukasi and Quinn Williams 
they were obviously going to be the starters, but I didn't really see him play much last year. You haven't heard much buzz about Jonathan Marshall, so I'm not going to pretend that I have an accurate opinion on him. We're going to have to see the preseason, have to see what type of shape he comes in. The metrics were tremendous, and he, of course he has the size. We know that. Um, I don't think the Jets would be flirting with Ogun Joby right now or talking to other defensive linemen if they thought he was the answer, just considering True. the because we kind of we kind of have depth at the position. We just don't have a guy really to go with Quinton who's like a legit starter. You know, like Rankins, by default right now, Rankins, I think, I don't know, if you look at a depth chart in ESPN, I bet you Rankins would be the dude. But Joby, like Mike said, guys, this is somebody that for four years in Cleveland didn't start um, his first year, but started the next three seasons. Last year with the Bengals balled out in his career, 21 and a half sacks. That's from a defensive tackle in five seasons. That's pretty impressive right there. 53 QB hits as a defensive tackle, which is monstrous, and 230 tackles in the past three years. That's only only 63 starts. So that's why the Bears gave him that money. Um, I don't know what happened with the physical. I know he had a foot injury that first playoff game for the Bengals last year. Didn't get to play on their playoff run. Maybe he wasn't healed by the time they did the physical. Maybe they didn't like what they see. Three years, $40 million taken off the table. So you know that dude is pissed off. You know this dude's motivated. Physically, everything on paper seems like a perfect fit for the squad. I just know other teams are in the hunt for him also, Mike. So it's going to kind of be up to Ogan Joby. Does he want to become a Jet? Sliding next to Quinnen. I mean, if you have... You slide him in next to Quinnen? <laughs> Ogan Joby is a better player than Fatukasi. Yes. Okay, Fatukasi. Yes. We all love Fatukasi. Yes. Fatukasi was great against the run. This guy is good against the run too, okay? But also gets after the quarterback. Yes. Even better than even better than Quinnen does. Yes. Okay, guys. So, um, I mean, when you if you had him and you had Quinnen and you had Jonathan Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, we're hoping becomes something, right? And we have Carl Lawson. I mean, that seems like a nice mix of dudes right there. And then we have all the depth we just mentioned. Solomon Thomas, who knows what he's going to give us. Former number three pick. Played pretty good last year. Um, we have Rankins. We have Shepard. We have Marshall, like you said, Mike. Maybe he's going to be a wild card. Clemens. We have Clemens also, who I almost forgot about there. So, I mean, there's options here on the defensive line, and that's what our boy Robert Salah wants. He likes to sub guys in and out, likes to keep guys fresh. So I'm happy about that, and I'm happy that it seems like at least – um, he's been talking to the squad. Is, the Jets are a real option for him. It seems like we have a whole mic is linebacker. Mm. Now, C.J. Mosley last year was a revelation. I mean, he didn't play for two seasons, and I feel like Jet fans were not feeling him before last year started. You played one game. You skipped a year for COVID. It's not your fault. You got hurt. Don't get me wrong. But when you played two seasons and you get paid that money, it was like his third year was when he really started. The third year was really his first year for the Jets. His third contract year, I should say, Mike. And he showed up last year, C.J. Mosley. That defense did not play good last year, but he played good almost every single game. And Quincy Williams, I thought, also played well. Those are two decent linebackers right there. I mean, C.J. Mosley's an elite linebacker. Quincy, Quincy Williams... A little bit above average. I think he played, he played good enough. Mike. He surprised me, at least, with the way he played. And especially some of the, the Titan game. You know, he was he was a revelation that game. The Bengal game, he played well as also. But we do have a whole linebacker. We have no depth behind those guys. And we don't really have a weak side linebacker right now. So when you look at the squad, we have Nasrul Dean last year, converted safety. We have Jamie and Sherwood in the same boat there. We have Delshawn Phillips coming back here. But we don't really have anybody that can play weak side or that we know can, can be our our third linebacker here in the squadron. So, um, Quan Alexander, Mike, my long-winded way of saying, they've been talking to him, talks with him to come in. I know he's a free agent, somebody that between 2015 and 2018-ish was one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Okay, he's not old. The reason why he's still out there and the reason he's available for the Jets possibly is just injuries. Because if you look at the production when he's on the field, the production's there. 
But teams don't want to take a chance on a guy and give him the money if he's not going to be there. They can't rely on him, obviously. That's why Odell Beckham's still out there as a free agent right now. So what do you think, Mike? Quan Alexander, I know you've been going through his stats, going through his bio, seeing how he fits with the squad. You think if the Jets signed him, that'd be a nice guy to slide in there, probably at the weak side linebacker spot? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably thinking Quincy would still start, but this is a veteran guy who knows Salah. He was a savage back in the day when he played for Tampa Bay. But then, like you said, he had injuries, tore his Achilles. Um, had some issues over there in San Francisco. So I think that uh, he would be a great voice, just like Solomon Thomas in that um, locker room. And he would be able to institute and help out these young guys. But we are a little light there in the linebacker position. Unfortunately, I'm, you know, we're going to see a lot about Hamza Nazaldine and see what he's able to do and Jamie and Sherwood and, you know, and others. But um, I don't think that the Jets are as concerned as many of the rest of us are in that space. And that's because I think they do have a lot of um, confidence in Quincy and the other kids. Yeah. But I think Quan would be a, a good addition. There's a, cu a couple of other um, linebackers that are out there. I think Dante H Hightower is still there. And then yeah, Deontay Hightower is still out there. And then He's probably the best linebacker out there still, I think. Yep, there's him, and then there's Barr, but I don't want Barr anywhere near us because that's scrub. Yeah, I know. He, you know? What he did, he committed, then uncommitted to the Jets. I mean, that's yeah, not cool. We don't, we that'll that'll never cool. be forgiven. Quan, yeah. I mean, Quan Alexander, he's only 27 years old. He's had two different Achilles tears, which, of course, is frightening when you're a team. And I think that's my point. That's why I said why he's still a free agent right now. You look at his last two or three seasons, marred by injuries, 2015 to 2018 with Tampa Bay, made the Pro Bowl 2017. All right, you're talking about a guy with 330. 36 tackles his first three seasons. So this guy was a tackling machine, ran a 4-5, he's 6-1, he's 230. So um, I don't know, he came back for the Niners. The Niners signed him, so Salah has familiarity with him. 2019, the Niners signed him. He tore his pectoral, was out the whole season, came back in the playoffs, and was one of the defenders that helped him get to the Super Bowl. He played in the Super Bowl too, Mike. So um, this is a guy who has Super Bowl experience. Played for the Saints the last two years. They cut him last year for injury, brought him back towards the end of the year, and he played decent enough. Like I said, if you look at the 12 games he played last year, he played good. You know, it's just, I think teams are worried about the injuries. That's, that's all it is. And maybe his asking price was too much, but those are two locations on the squad, I think, that you still see room for improvement. You can improve everywhere at all times. Obviously, quarterback, we want Zach to improve. You can point to everywhere, want improvement. But I think on paper, I think if, if an expert was to look at the squad, and look at the roster. I think defensive line and linebacker right now are probably our biggest areas of weakness. And I hope when we go into the season, this secondary, which seems like it might now be a strength for us, is there to back them up, Mike. And the defensive line, at least, um, in the middle, I should say, is a weakness. The defensive line as a whole has a lot of talent. The defensive line, when it comes to stopping the run, is what I should say, is what I'm worried about next year, Mike. Because we were not able to do a good last year, and we lost Fatou Kassi. So maybe the approach will be different on defense. I know Quan Alexander fits into what Olbert does pretty well. It seems like so. He might be a guy you might see on the squad, guys. And like like we said, the draft went well, filled a bunch of holes. We signed three of our draft picks, a bunch more to come. The Beast, Brace Hall, okay? Every, I mean, he's our second-round draft pick. He's probably the guy everyone's the most excited about. Him oh. and Sauce. I would say and, him and, and Sauce. And his I'm, not hating on, I'm not hating on Garrett Wilson or Jermaine Johnson. They could have more impact than either of those guys. But I think Brees Hall and Sauce have people amped up right now. Yeah, up, um, and, 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 and what's crazy is the numbers, bro. We got we got sauce with one. I mean, one. Yeah, man, like that. that's a statement. And then you got and then you got Brees with twenty. Yeah, I By feel Thomas like Thomas Jones. Be, oh, I love that. I love that. Number twenty on the Jets has had a lot of good success, and I think there's going to be a lot of number one 
Gardner jerseys floating oh. around MetLife Week One. Oh, or maybe yeah. maybe they say sauce in the back. There could be some special editions out there. Oh, like, yeah. I'm getting me a black. I'm getting me a black sauce one. Yeah. I'm getting me a green twenty. Okay. <laughs> okay. And I'm getting me a white seven. A G seventeen. Okay, uh, Garrett Wilson. I'm definitely getting yep. me a white. I'm not getting uh, our quarterback, fellas, because I'm Bad waiting luck. until we know. Okay, I, I promise I'm never going to buy another quarterback yeah. jersey until I know for sure, and then I'm going to put that quarterback on when it's time. Exactly, exactly. Michael, as you know, Michael, I have not purchased a quarterback jersey since Chad Pennington. You have to earn that because we have such a revolving door at quarterback. I mean, I remember people buying that Farb jersey when Favre was in there. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You're not, what are you doing? I mean, I understand he's our quarterback, but he's gonna be gone in a year or two. I mean, people have been having those Sanchez jerseys and mothballs now for 11 seasons. I didn't see too many Geno Smith jerseys, although they I were out one. there. They did exist. So there you go. Fitzpatrick had a lot of love because yeah. of his demeanor, his moxie. He got up to 10 and six, so I saw a bunch of those jerseys. So I understand everyone grabbing the quarterback's jerseys, but see, Michael, I'm a 41 year old man. If I'm gonna commit to buying a child's 23-year-old man's jersey and put it on my body, I gotta see some. I gotta see some excellence. Gotta be nasty. Gotta be. I gotta see a few years of excellence before I do that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I totally agree with you there. But when it comes to the squad, I'm happy we got all these guys in. Um. The, they're signing the rookies up. They're getting the salary cap figured out here. We're talking to free agents out there in the world, trying to fill some holes. And we also brought in some of these undrafted free agents, Mike. Know that in the NFL, 70% of this league is made up of draft picks after the third round or undrafted players. 70%. Now, I know people might say, well, that's a chunk of guys down at the bottom of the roster. But guess what? Every single year, those guys at the bottom of the roster end up playing. Because every single year, there's injuries all over the place. You could, Me and Mike could go through a laundry list of guys right now on every team that have come out of nowhere to be great players. I mean, and there's, there's a ton of guys like that. They're not only just drafted low, just undrafted completely. I mean, Bart Scott's one of them. One of the, one of the better linebackers. One of my favorite linebackers of all time, Mike. And the Jets brought in a bunch of good guys here. Now, it looks like we focused in on running backs and wide receivers. We brought in um, L.D. Brown from Oklahoma State. We signed him. We signed a receiver from North Carolina, AT&T. If you didn't know that was a school, now you know his name is Ron Hunt. DJ Ford from East Carolina. They signed a fullback, Mike. Okay, John Clennell from Wisconsin. Now, fullbacks don't get drafted, but this is one of the better fullbacks in the nation. 6'2", 256, blocking fullback, might play special teams. Keep an eye on him, because that's someone that could make the squad as a special teams guy, um, guys. But when you look, and there's a whole, there's some other guys here, but I think there's three or four guys that stand out to me, Mike, as dudes that do have a chance of actually making the squad. And we talked about one of them already, Mike. It's Bam Knight from MC State, Mike. He was the second best running back left after the draft so no teams took him they made the list of the undrafted rookies he was the second best guy uh guy out there after Brees hall's backup at iowa state who's when you look at night though last year 140 attempts 753 yards 5.4 clip which is pretty good um he has decent size there guys over 2,000 yards total in his career there at nc state 18 touchdowns 48 catches 337 yards in his career so someone that could play on both sides of the ball and when you look at the squad Piron's job is not guaranteed. No. Ty Johnson, who before last season, me and you really liked him a lot. I'm not saying Ty Johnson's whack, Mike, but he could not catch. He, he, he seemed like every time Just he did a big kick. I know because all his drops were crucial drops last year. I mean, third and five, he's wide open. He drops the ball. So he's standing out in Jets fans' minds as a negative player right now, I feel. You know, so whether or not he's back, I'm not sure. But I do think that um, his, his full name is Zanavian Knight. I do think he has a chance to make the squad. Mike, this is a Mike Lagaris special. 
that the Jets went ahead and gripped up for you. And I know you're not familiar with this kid. He's from Indiana of Pennsylvania University. No one's ever heard of that one either, I understand. Six foot four, 228, Irvin Charles. Played three years at Penn State. Couldn't get on the field at Penn State. Transfers last year. Was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. So top-level recruit coming out of high school, Mike. His first career catch at Penn State. 80-yard bomb versus Wisconsin. Okay? But doesn't get on the field. And we know how what these guys do. They can't get on the field. They go somewhere else to maybe get a look in the NFL. That's what he did. He went to this a smaller school. Okay? Has the size. Last year, almost hit 792 yards last year on 39 catches, which averaged out to 20 yards a catch. That's 12 touchdowns for him last year. Not playing great competition, I get you, but that's another guy you can look at to maybe make the roster. The way Mims has played isn't a guy, I don't care where he was drafted, second round, first round, third round, fifth round, seventh round. Mims on the field, look at the tape, look at the effort, look at the acumen, the understanding of the playbook, etc. He's not someone who has a guaranteed spot. He no. doesn't. Because he doesn't play special teams. And all that hype like, and all that hype that you hear right now, the Jets are just trying to mark him up so they can sell him. I'm telling you all exactly. right now. Now, Mike, and if you come in like Mims, and I'm not saying he did this, but you get drafted in the second round, you come from Baylor, a pretty decent school, never played special teams, probably didn't think he'd have to play special teams, and didn't acclimate last year. What you want to hear is a guy maybe kind of gets a punch in the stomach and realizes, wow, I'm not going to get... 10 targets a game like I thought I was going to get. Now I'm on special teams. Let me ball out on special teams and work my way back up. Right? And you didn't see that for Mims last year. I think a guy like Charles, 6'4", 228, coming from Indiana, Pennsylvania University, he's going to pray he can play special teams. Oh, a yeah. guy like that will sit on his hands and knees and hope he makes the team so he can play special teams. That's what you want. You don't want a guy half-assing it because they're pissed off they're on special teams. You want a guy who's stoked he made the squad and gives it all. On special teams every single time. Uh, he might be a guy like that. DQ Thomas, Mike, a linebacker from Middle Tennessee State. Now, a long shot to make the squad, but like we know, we have a hole there. If we don't bring somebody in, Nasrul Dean, Sherwood, these guys, no one was great last year. No one was great in preseason. No one was great during the season to go ahead and take that linebacker job on the weak side. DQ Thomas, tackling machine at uh, Middle Tennessee State. 20 and a half sacks also, Mike, there. 53 tackles for a loss. 309 total tackles. Um, has the motor, is a ferocious player. I really like him a lot. Tony Adams is a safety we took from Illinois. We know we have depth problems at safety, so we grabbed him up. 206 tackles for him. The, the relative athletic score, would you love to look at Mike through the roof on him in the high 90s? Nasty. That's someone, as an athlete at least, tremendous athlete. I think that's why our boy Joe D grabbed him. 41 and a half inch vertical. He loves if, those cats. And if he went to the combine, there's maybe only two players that would have had a higher vertical than this kid, so that's impressive. That's and then we got the little guy. DeAndre Torrey from North Texas. Now, probably won't make the squad if he does. Could be a special teams guy. We know we have Barrios. We can always use playmakers. That's what this kid is. He's electric. 5'7", 195, little guy, okay? Even though he was a little guy, last year, 1,200 yards rushing, which is tremendous. 40 touchdowns. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a lot for a guy his size. Bell cowed last year, which you wouldn't expect it from someone his size there in North Texas. 40 total touchdowns in his career. I think that's why they took him and took a chance on him. Maybe get another playmaker on the squad. You can never have enough of those guys. Guys like Darren Sproles, little dudes like that, they come out of nowhere. Yeah, little You never know. Mm-hmm. Those little guys, you know what I mean? And I think he has a chance to be one of those guys. I mean, they, they did a solid job this year. When I looked at the rankings of all the free agent, undrafted players that were still out there, Justin Ross was at, the lot, was at the top of a lot of people's list. I know he went to the Chiefs. Mike, I mistakenly said the Packers a couple weeks ago. He went to the Chiefs. A lot of guys are out there, but when you look, Bam Knight's right at the top. So that's, a, that's a, run, a running back a lot of people like. And when it comes to Urban Charles, another guy people really are high on, you have to figure it out with guys like that sometimes. They go to a small school, they come in over. Where did Jerry Rice go? I mean, come on. No one can even name his school unless you're um, a diehard NFL fan. So you got you to gotta give these guys a chance, see what happens in the preseason, Mike. I think what Joe D did was 
just go for dudes that at least could be helpful, could be helpful on special teams, have a shot at maybe being a depth guy, and then if they don't make a team, I mean, you just cut your loss. That happens. That's it. That's it. And that's that's the approach, man. And I I totally get that. It worked out a couple of times, Robbie Anderson, a few other guys, and, you know, we'll see how it works out. Look, the Jets have more talent than they've had in a very long time, and um, I'm excited to see him next week. They'll be in OTAs, so uh, next time we come back, we can kind of talk about what we're what we're seeing from camp. You know, we'll start yeah. seeing these guys actually going out there, making plays, and playing against one another. So I'm pretty pretty excited to see all of it and uh, get back with you. Tyler Goodson, that's who it was when I was there. Totally spaced on that. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked too, guys. We try to get something in for you here this week. Give you a little update on these free agents, these these rookies that we brought in that maybe nobody knows. A few of them might make the squad. And also just let Brady Quinn know what's up. You have to know. You have to be. You have to understand, guys, that when these talking heads go out and bash the Jets, that's been happening forever. So you can't get too upset about it. All, the, all you can do if you're the Jets or Jet fans is go out next year and win games. And then Brady Quinn can't say nothing. If Zach Wilson goes out and plays great, nobody can say anything. If the Jets go out and win 10 games, even though everyone thinks we're, we have a horrible schedule and then we're going to stink, no one can say anything to us. It's all about playing on the field, guys. That's what I'm looking forward to this year, as opposed to previous seasons. Me and Mike have been doing this now for four years. All of the seasons, we've done our best to inform everyone what's going on, to show you the positives we might have on the field. But you have to really reach sometimes to do that. You know what I'm saying, Mike? With Gase. When we had bowls that first year, even last year to a degree, we were hyped, but we still didn't know how it would go. This year, different vibe, different feeling, different roster, okay? I don't care what Brady Quinn says. I don't care what any talking head says. Look at the team on paper right now and compare that team to last year or the year before or the year before. Not comparable. Not even comparable. And Zach Wilson, like you said, would have to take a massive step backwards for him not to be back next year. And I expect the opposite. I expect a step forward. I think he's going to play more conservative like he did those final six games, seven games of last year, but also know when to pick his spots and let go of the ball, rip the ball. And Look, those Zach, little- Zach was not drafted to be a dink and dunk quarterback. He wasn't drafted to be Alex Smith or Jimmy Garoppolo. He was drafted to win games at number two. So to me, Keith, if we see a, I'd rather have a season where Zach Wilson throws 20 touchdowns and has 21 interceptions i'm okay as long as that yards per attempt is 7.6 if that completion percentage is at 65.8 do you know what i'm saying like like you know what if you're going to throw yeah. interceptions or show me you're making plays down the field that you're yeah. attacking you know what i mean if you're if i see 6.1 yards per attempt and yeah. a completion percentage if i'm gonna get worried keith yeah, I no. want to see him. If even if he throws the, the interceptions are okay, just make plays down the field. Be yeah. average. Show me that you can attack the defense and make yeah. plays. That that's all we're looking for. And you weren't drafted to be a dink and dunker. You were drafted to be a damn quarterback and a difference maker. I agree with you. I think next year is going to be a process of letting him kind of grow into the season. I think when the season starts, Mike, we're playing the we're playing the AFC North there all those games in a row. I think you're going to see more of a running-based attack. Obviously, we have the great offensive line now. We drafted the running back. We have Michael Carter. We have Brees Hall. You're going to see the pass game is kind of be going to be built off that run game, the play-action attack, right? Shorten the field up for Zach. Then as the year progresses, you give him more, and you give him more, and you give him more. And whatever he's succeeding at, you allow him to do that. You don't force the kid to throw the ball 45 times or put him in situations where you put him in a gunslinger switch when he's not ready to do that yet. 
you know? Let him build. I mean, we've seen guys like Josh Allen. I mean, we, we thought he was going to stink. He was horrible pretty much his first two seasons. He had a playoff game. It was technically it was one of the worst games I've ever seen a quarterback play in my life. And look at him now. Because they, they were patient. They gave him the time. They saw him growing, even though other people didn't. Hopefully, that's the same thing with the, with the Zach Wilson. He takes that big step year, too. And I think he will, Mike. I think all right, that's all we got for you this week, guys. We'll be back with you next week. Mike, if anyone does want to get at us or support AEBG in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that? Guys, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media platforms. We are on SoundCloud. We are on Apple iTunes. We are on Spotify. If you want to find us on social media at Facebook, reach us at AEBG.JetsRadio on Twitter at AEBG's underscore NYJ podcast and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. My name's Keith Farrell. Get out your next week, everybody. Peace out.